I am Alan S. Tuboku Mexica um, from Freetown, Sierra Leone. I am the chairperson for the Center for Entrepreneurship Development. It's an organization uh, regulating uh, activities around entrepreneurship generally, women empowerment, young people as well, targeting young people, and even retirees, because taking a look at the three categories of uh, individuals that we're dealing with, and uh, because there are times you say somebody got retired, uh, do you still need to engage that person to, to, to be an entrepreneur? Yes. So in actual fact, we are even looking at targeting the, those who got retired from their normal jobs uh, or government jobs and all of, all of that. And the young people as well, we also target young people, uh, the young entrepreneurs and uh, women as well, because these days most of the breadwinners in most developing countries are women. So women are also uh, our target. And also when you take a look at a uh, general outlook in West Africa or developing countries, agriculture, uh, need to also be looked at. So uh, when you talk about entrepreneurship, it cuts across all industrial activities, sectors, and uh, agriculture, manufacturing, and everything. So entrepreneurship cuts across everything commercial. So, well, I mean, at the end of the day, we also look at uh, the middleman power for young people, more especially in developing countries. This, this, is, this is Diversified, diversified game, game, game. game. A podcast giving entrepreneurial advice from a diverse and inclusive perspective with Kelly. He may agree, he may oppose, and it's more than just race, it's about, you know, ideas. So, let the game begin. Hey! It's Kellen, and today on Diversified Game, you guys are in for a real treat, especially for those of you who want to follow in our footsteps of getting Sierra Leone citizenship and contributing to the country. My guest today, I'm going to call him Dr. All Day. That's not on his title. He's president, he's chairman, but when it comes to entrepreneurship, he has the game and he's going to share it with us so we can learn how we can invest better and be part of this booming economy. Dr. Allen, and I, and I have to say, I have to call you that because entrepreneurship, it seems like you have gotten your PhD and also your MD in entrepreneurship in the research that I've done. Welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Oh, good, Karen. Good, Karen. I haven't done my PhD yet. <laughs> well, well, you know what? To get your PhD in entrepreneurship, you have to do the work. It's not just reading books and, and all that. Oh, so yes, yes, yes. I, can, yeah. I, I got it. I got it. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a little different. But I, I wanted to have this conversation because you are one of those people who are online willing to share your experiences. And I'll tell you this. In the time that my children and I and my wife were getting our citizenship recently in Sierra Leone, I talked to a lot of people about business and I heard a lot of people say they needed money, but they also said they didn't know where to start and they kind of just had their hand out instead of saying, I've already started to start my party. So I want to talk to you about, you know, if there is a young person listening right now or even just an entrepreneur, no matter what their age, with your organization, what is their first step? What do they need to have 
to, you know, get help? Uh, first and foremost, for young people, uh, if young people want to tap into the opportunities or uh, want to actually work um, in that field of entrepreneurship, want to become an entrepreneur, it's just the mindset. First and foremost, you've got to have the mindset. You have to get the mindset whether you're really ready to become an entrepreneur because if you don't have the mindset, there is no need for you to go into that field of entrepreneurship. And the mindset, mindset, mindset all the way because if you have the mindset, you'll be determined to pursue what you want to pursue. And also, entrepreneurship um, is required for young people because taking a look at developing countries like Sierra Leone and several other developing countries around, entrepreneurship is the key to development. Entrepreneurship is the way forward. And entrepreneurship cut across all industries, being agriculture, commercial, and everything you think about in the manufacturing sector, sector, or sector, we consider entrepreneurship. And these days, when you take a look at young people, we also consider middleman power. There are young people who are not able to pursue their formal education, and they are also being encouraged to actually develop themselves in the middleman power areas like uh, plumbing, welding, engineering, mechanical, and all of those things. And you can also become an entrepreneur, having your own business, managing your own business, being an employer as well. Because uh, by, by the introduction of entrepreneurship in our communities, it helps young people to actually grasp into the opportunities that is set ahead of them. If you take a look at young people leaving uh, uh, their countries, going abroad to seek greener pasture and all of those things, because they have not uh, had the opportunity to actually understand uh, about entrepreneurship. Well, again, some will tell you, I don't have money. How can I go into business? Well, money is one thing. But again, if you want to become an entrepreneur, money is not the first key you need to look for. First and foremost is the idea set. When you have the idea, that is why in business development, there are several things you look at. But one of the main things is your business plan. Your business plan is just like your Bible. It's what helps you. Those ideas can be inputted into your business plan. And that business plan will also prompt you or encourage you to pursue your business ideas. Because the mere fact you put them on paper, you try to develop a business plan, then each time you turn around, you take a look at that business plan, you'll be encouraged to pursue that business idea which you have already set, set in front of you. Well, young people these days, business plan has been a new phenomenon in this part of the world. Most successful business people in Sierra Leone, like the, the, fuller, the fullers, they don't even have business plan, but they are so successful. But again, academically, for, for you to be guided in what you want to do, we encourage business people to actually develop business plan because it helps you a lot. It helps your growth. It helps your development. So there are several opportunities set there. And you can even change the strategies of your business through your business plan. A business plan is not something that is static. It can be changed based on the growth of your business. But again, as I stated earlier, um, our organization, the Center for Entrepreneurship Development, we are not only looking at young people, we are also looking at women, we are also looking at older folks, those who got retired, 
from their normal jobs, like official jobs, either as a government officer or as a private somebody you got retired at the age of 60, you still have something to do as an entrepreneur. Because being retired doesn't mean you need to go to you need to go to the hospital or you need to go and die and all of those things. Because there are times those people who got retired, they also have a life to live. Sometimes the activities around them will keep them going. The activities like uh, investment, uh, being an entrepreneur, set up your own business, maybe your end of service benefits, what you get at the uh, your, as a retirement benefit. You can, you can actually invest that. Invest in it will help you to manage your life, to manage your family and all the rest of it because uh, that's your own plan B. When you're working, you also need to set your plan B because if you don't invest your end of service benefit, your retirement benefit, at the end of the day, <laughs> you, you lose that amount of money you, you, you've, already, you've already been given to. So, but what is important here, those old folks who got retired, we always encourage them to also come to our office and we see how best we'll be able to take them along the path of uh, developing their investment or entrepreneurship skills. There are some who doesn't even have an entrepreneurship skills. I have a few that I'm so proud of. And today, they are successful business people. Some are building material shops. Some even have agricultural uh, um, uh, projects all around the place. And that helped them to move around, to keep them going. I mean, and I mean, it changed the dynamics. So entrepreneurship is the key to developing countries for us to go forward. Now, with your name, um, you know, some people might say, hold on, this is the first Sierra Leonean um, maybe German Jew, um, even your name, there is there a strategy to that? Or was that name blessed upon you, you know, before you even came out the womb? Uh, because, you know, the, the last day, many people would think you were you were Jewish. Well, uh, you know, when you, when you will call me a Jew, others will call me a German because uh, my middle name, my, my surname is a German, it's a German name as well, to my understanding. I never thought mm-hmm. of the Jew side of it. Because when you say Mexica, means a butcher man. <laughs> you know, in Sierra Leone, a good number of the Sierra Leoneans were related to the Europeans and all of these things. So, and uh, and some of our ancestors were out there as slaves. Uh, you know, so coming back home. They came with new names and all of those things. Probably that was where my name came about. <laughs> oh, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, now nah, I just wanted to, so in case anybody, since we're doing this audio and they don't see you, I just wanted to clear out any any confusion, but your name, you know, people, it can be anything you want it to be. It's your name. You get to choose what you want to live by. You can go change your name to Goldberg right now if you think it would help you. Let me ask you, your education at Cambridge how did that help you? And do you think you would have been as successful if you did not have um, these degrees and diplomas from Cambridge? Well, in actual fact, um, education is also a key to help you. To have an education is one thing. To implement it is another. Some people have all the degrees, all the qualifications, but without implementing it, for it to have an effect, on you or the society or where you are, or people around you, I don't think it's worth it. 
So, I mean, any form of education you get, it has a part to play in your life, in your community, in your society, or wheresoever you are. And you should be able to actually pursue that. And um, I noticed, based on my qualification from Cambridge, I noticed I was limited. But when I went to India, when, where I got a, a very strong foundation in entrepreneurship at the Entrepreneurship Institute in India, Amdaba, it gave me a whole idea about entrepreneurship. And that even encouraged me to establish a whole center of entrepreneurship in Sierra Leone. Because we were encouraged after our graduation in India that we should have something to showcase and we should be able to develop something and we're supposed to be a change agent, more especially if you are an entrepreneur, you are an expert in that, you should be able to expatiate that to your community, to your people, and you should be able to change the mindset of other young folks around. What, what made you, with all your world travels, when did you know it was time to come home? So many people fall bush and they get comfortable, no matter if they're in America, Canada, Australia, it doesn't matter. And, you know, sometimes they don't come home after, you know, 20 years. How did you know it was, yeah, how did you know it was time? <laughs> I love this, I love this question. I, I dealt with this question yesterday in one of my social media uh, groups, uh, whereas, I mean, you have a lot of Sierra Leoneans in the diaspora and they all, always try to criticize uh, people back home and uh, they don't come back home to come and actually affect changes or to come and contribute to the development in Sierra Leone. So um, somebody asked me, oh, why did you go back home? Uh, I said, come on, man. Uh, this is where I feel comfortable. And uh, being out there, I think I will not be able to create the changes I want to create in the life of my people. And if you have, uh, if you have uh, absorbed such a development, such an idea, such an experience out there, I think it's high time for our brothers, sisters out there to come back home to actually change the mindset of others, to actually create, uh, the, to, to create a, a difference in the minds of other Sierra Leoneans because those who have gone out there, I guess, is an opportunity for them to go and be developed and come back home and change and, and have some differences on the general perspective of the country. You know, you see what I mean? So continue to be out there, I think uh, it will have no effect or benefit on me because I will just be continue to work and work and work then where I got my training is where I will stay. I mean, at the end of the day, I don't think my people will benefit. Maybe the only people that will benefit will be my immediate family members by sending them $10, $20, you know, but that one is not sufficient. I mean, before you continue to give somebody fish, teach them how to catch fish. I think that has to be the message. You've hit on a point, and um, I'm going to ask you this because I know that you can answer it because you have even been critical of certain departments. Uh, you've tweeted out things on the Minister of Environment. When people do come home, and, and I say this for people who are coming back and for JCs who are you know, coming for the first time and they feel that they have their pounds or their dollars, they sometimes in my own opinion, I think people can become over savvy. How do you navigate coming back, seeing that things can be better, but also I, not offending anyone? I know what you, I know the question you want to ask. Yes. Let me, let me quickly give you an answer to that. Okay. It's not automatic to just leave the diaspora and come back home. 
to come and invest, there are several there are several structures you need to put in place. To come and actually do something back home, there are several things you need to do. Feasibility studies is very important for any adventure you want to undertake. Do your feasibility studies. Come back and observe. Come back and take a look what is happening. It's just like investors or the foreign direct investors who do come to developing countries around. They don't just come and put their money. They don't just come and start to invest their money. No, they first and foremost do feasibility studies. They come and do a research and see whether the business they want to come and undertake is viable and all the rest of it. So I am not saying those Tyrolinians in the dashboard to just come and invest their money. They need to come and take a look at the environment and the environment because first and foremost for investors, let me talk for investors or for those who want to come and engage in business. One of the things that they always look at is security. Am I secure? They only look at security both in their resources and they themselves. If they are not secure, their resources are not secure, they will not come. So that is why we are always encouraging developing countries, government or leaders, administration in these developing countries to also always try to build the enabling environment so that it helps other people, it encourages other people to come back home and invest. Look at Botswana, look at Ghana, look at Tanzania, look at the Middle East, the, the, the East Africa. You find a lot of diasporas. The development of the East African countries is the diaspora. But why not that happening in West Africa? Why? We need to start to ask ourselves. You find a lot of diasporas in East Africa coming home every minute, every second, creating the changes, you know, affecting the changes. But why not in West Africa? I think in West Africa, it's only Ghana. You find some in Ghana. But other parts of West Africa, where I visited, you hardly heard of a diaspora coming back home to invest or to come and actually complement or give their own support. So, I mean, it's high time we start to encourage our brothers and sisters who have developed out there to come back home and try to see what they can do. And also a message for the government to also encourage our diaspora brothers and sisters to come back home and try to see what they can do. Because there are times what, one of the things I have identified, politics in, in, in Africa has actually affected the growth of Africa. Because one set of diaspora will say, oh, my government is not in power, I will not come. Another set will say, oh, this is my government. If you come, I will have to deal with you. You know, there are several implications that have to do with the country or the economy generally. So I think it's high time we need to sit down and put our heads together and say, no, enough is enough. Diaspora, as long as you are a diaspora, you belong to one set of people. You don't belong to political party. I would say diasporas are like a pressure group. They should be able to encourage governments in, those, in their individual countries to do more. But when diasporas are divided, it's difficult for them to actually come back home and effect those changes that they, they should be able to affect. You see what I mean? Because in actual fact, the politics has divided our diaspora brothers and sisters. So that is why it's difficult to actually see diasporas coming back home to invest or to actually complement the government of the day. That is one of the major problems. You make mention of uh, me hitting the Minister of Environment. I'm very serious about this. That is why I tweet it. And if you take a look at what is happening around, our environment has been messed up big time. I will not hesitate to tell you this. 
you go to most of the mining areas within Sierra Leone, you know that there is no, there is no control. There is no control. Then why do we have the Ministry of Environment? Why do we have the Environmental Protection Agency? You see what I mean? And come down to Freetown. There is a place in Freetown called Bome. I expect the Ministry of Environment and the EPA to actually relocate that place. That place is not suitable for the purpose of being of a dumping ground. Every day you go towards that area, the entire environment is smoky, toxic, and it affects the health of the people around that particular vicinity. And the Ministry of Environment workers or the minister themselves, they are moving or passing at that location every day. Not that, I mean, uh, they are not aware of it, but what's the way forward? And the way forward, I have recommended that. That place needs to be relocated towards the outskirts of Freetown. That place is not suitable for that purpose. And you go to the mining site, go to the mining areas. I went to a place in Kono. The Chinese cannot be, the Chinese can no longer be controlled in most of these mining areas. And most of them are mining in those places with no proper documentations, with no laws covering or binding them. They are illegally there mining. Then we have authorities that are supposed to actually monitor our mining, like the National Mines Minerals Agency, the EPA, the Ministry of Mines. We have institutions and we have authorities. We have monitors, geologists that should be monitoring most of this mining site. Then the question remains, where are we heading for? Who is in charge? Who is supposed to do what? You see what I mean? Yeah, I, I definitely, I definitely do. For time's sake, and you guys, if we cut early, it's only because you know how these interviews, and we have to worry about Zoom and life. But I, I want to know what is something with your business. Um, if people need the feasibility st uh, studies, can they come to you and your business? And if you can give the people a range of what that may cost, because so many people are either coming or they want to come, but they're so scared of being ripped off. They say, I don't know how much it's going to cost me. My friend lost a hundred thousand um, dollars. What, what does your company handle for those people who want to come and invest? Carolyn, I, I, I was with the Chamber of Commerce. I worked with the Chamber of Commerce for a very long years. Yeah, over eight mm -hmm. years. And I am now a member of the Chamber of Commerce. What you're saying is exactly what I used to do at the Chamber of Commerce, helping people and providing advisory services for more especially foreign direct investors because we know that foreign direct investors have been facing a lot of difficulties with fraudsters, like more especially those in the mining areas and all of those things. We've been providing a lot of advisory services. Similarly, since advisory services is part of me, time to time we receive emails from those who want to come back home. We provide them advisory services. And that one is free of charge. You pay nothing for it. We provided those advices and tell you A, B, C, D. If you go by this, you'll be safe. But most of the time, what disturbs me most, some of these investors that do come, they want to work or they want to work secretly without government or notice to government and all of those things. And at the end of the day, when they find themselves in the hand of those bad fraudsters, 419ers, they got themselves blamed, and at the end of the day, they want to blame the governments. So that is why most of the time I encourage people that do come to do business in Sierra Leone, make yourself known to the 
required authorities to the relevant authorities and be sure that at least you are always guided. But if you find yourself in the hands of 419ers, fraudsters, you get yourself blamed at the end of the day. We've got a lot of bad experience in the past and we'll continue to provide those advices. Feasibility studies, well, that one is one-on-one arrangements and discussions. If you want somebody to do a feasibility studies for you to for you to know the type of business to do, then you can also contact our office. We'll be in place to actually provide you the required support you need. It's just going to be a minimal fee. I mean, so nobody needs to scare about it because we are here to serve the people. We are here to make sure that at least investment and entrepreneurship cut across Sierra Leone. You guys have gotten this game. If we can continue it, I, I will. But this time has has gotten and we had gotten behind us. And I thank all of the folks who are listening on iHeartRadio, Spotify, iTunes and our latest partner at AYV Radio Sunday at 5 p.m. We thank you for for tuning in. I am going to see how much more I can um, bring from uh, Sir Allen, Chief Allen, um, the doctor of entrepreneurship in Sierra Leone. You guys, be blessed by the game. Hi, everyone. Have you ever been curious about visiting Africa? Which African country were you interested in? Kenya, Nigeria, Uganda, South Africa, Ethiopia? Which country are you interested in? My good friend, Kellen Cash Coleman, came up with a course called My First Trip to Africa that'll guide you through this process. It's only $20, and in this course, you'll learn about passports, visas, vaccinations that you need before you go there, as well as a budget, uh, how much the trip is going to cost. He also talks about what you should pack, uh, what you should take with you, how you should travel on a budget. Did you know that $100 US is worth a 1,000 South African rand and over 10,000 Kenyan shillings? So imagine what you can do with $100 back home. I say back home because I'm from Sudan, I'm African, I already know how it's like. I know that, you know, when you convert Canadian and American money, it goes a long way when you're traveling across Africa. So if you're curious, um, if, if Africa is a place that you've always wanted to go, always want to move there, Kellen Cash is the person to ask. Check out the course. There's a little preview you can listen to um, before you actually purchase it. If you're interested in this course, visit www.diversifiedgame.com. Don't miss out. Thanks for getting in the game and listening to the Diversified Game Podcast with Kellen, the number one show pairing entrepreneurship with diverse and inclusive perspectives like wine and cheese, bagel and locks, fish and grits. Be sure to visit DiversifiedGame.com for all the good stuff. Join in the conversation and discover more content.